Hey everyone, thanks for joining. Today I will be speaking with Mary Jo Romeo. She's an executive coach with MJR Coaching and Consulting. She's got some fascinating insight for us on how we communicate in this newly virtual world because it is not going away. Uh, thought for the day, consider how you are currently communicating. Um, Mary Jo is going to lay out some really good tips and tricks, um, things that we really only had to consider in the past 12 to 18 months. But I do think there's some really good insights out there for how to become a more effective communicator. And the action, take some of those nuggets that she lays out and apply them. Um, they can make an immediate difference. I learned some things that I'm going to do almost instantaneously, and I look to get more effective results on all the virtual communication that I'm doing as a result. Take a listen. Thank you for joining us. Love having you here. Take me through your company and what you are currently doing. Sure. Great to see you, Eric. You too. Good to be here. My pivot in life, former national sales manager, mm -hmm. to entering the L&D space, learning and development space. And I right now, I say after, I want to say five years, I guess I've been in my own business 12 years, something like that. But five years. Right now, I, I'm definitely living my best life. Awesome. Most of my work is one-on-one -on -one coaching, which is transformative for people. Because mm -hmm. coaching is a very outcome-based practice. You don't come just to, I don't care about your childhood. I tell that to my clients all the time. You want to talk about your childhood? <laughs> Go find a therapist. But my, my practice is very outcome-based. I'm doing group coaching mm -hmm. for a global company, for new managers, and loving that work. And then a lot of one-on-one -on -one coaching in a lot of different areas. Right. But one of the areas that I find resonates with almost all of my clients is communication in a virtual world. Yes. That's exactly what I want to talk about today. Great. Um, with everybody that you've spoken to, I mean, the last 18 months, however long COVID's been, around 20 months, um, let's talk about how... And especially from a management or an employee standpoint, how do you effectively communicate in a virtual world? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's different for, for different people. There's definitely best practices for virtual. But as a sidebar, if you're a manager and you have a remote employee, mm -hmm. the number one thing that has to happen is you have to have empathy for the fact that that person is working remotely. That's really hard for people. Other people, it's you know sunshine and roses. They're so happy to be working at home. So the first thing is, you know, in what role that you're in. As manager, a lot of empathy for your employee. As a salesperson, really owning your value as a salesperson when you have clients that aren't on camera. Right. And I was speaking with a client yesterday and she said she doesn't want to push her clients to go on camera. And I said to her, if you met with them in person, would they hide under the table? <laughs> she said, no, of course not. They would meet with me. And I said, so why, why are we giving people permission mm -hmm. when we have an agreed upon meeting 
to not be on camera. I find that fascinating because if they're not on camera, what do you think they're doing? That's a good question. What do you think they're doing, Eric? Anything but watching. Exactly. They're multitasking. Right. And multitasking is really a myth. It's not effective. And there's a lot of research around the amount of energy you burn going from task to task to task. Mm -hmm. You're not concentrating. You're not active listening. You're not connecting right. with the presenter. Right. So I have five tips that I give everybody on virtual. Would you like to hear them? I'd love to hear them. When you're, because virtual is not going away. No. It's here to stay after the pandemic because we've gotten so used to it. It's super convenient. So there's mm -hmm. five things I always talk to people about. Number one, make sure your lighting is good. And okay. you want to be front lit, not back lit. Mm -hmm. It is amazing how many people I have seen on Zoom with bad lighting. So lighting is number one. Number two is know where the lens of your camera is and look at the lens. Mm -hmm. People say, you want me to look at the blue light? Well, that's how you make eye contact. Right. That's how you release oxytocin. So that's how all about social bonding. If you're making a pitch to somebody or you, you're, you're making an important point, look right at the lens. It matters. Right. So that's the second thing. The third thing is your background drop matters. I mean, this is just beautiful. I just got it. Thank it, you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it looks great. It looks really great, but your backdrop matters. You want to show yourself in the best possible light. Right. I recommend with clients on Zoom to use uh, those, those um, faded backgrounds because it's better than looking at somebody's kitchen. Right. Right. You want to be really conscious of your background. The, th the other thing is you want to see where you fit in the screen. Mm -hmm. You want to be two-thirds of the screen, right. not shrinking down in their chair. You want to be two-thirds of the screen. Make me conscious of my posture. Yes, conscious of your postures, right? And then the, the last is what are you wearing? Right. You, know, you want to be just like you don't want the background to be too distracting. You don't want what you're wearing to be distracting. You want to show up as your best possible self. So the background, you're, you're talking about like you, you pay for those special backgrounds and they just kind of just kind of wash out the back. No, not not. I don't like I don't like the virtual backgrounds. So when you say like the washed out background, the washed out background, you can be on Zoom. There's a feature. It's called okay. fade, I think. OK. Yeah. Don't quote me, but no, no, no. Unfortunately, because I'm typically here, and I've never really. Every once in a while, I get distracted by someone that has something in the background. So I was curious if, if that was what you were talking about, or I'll just I'll look up fade yeah. after we get off. I don't like virtual backgrounds for the same know. reason. Uh, who's who? Who are you using? What bridge is that? You know, whatever. Yeah. And I I don't like people's homes right. because I'm always wondering. What is that? This is this is beautiful. This is staged. It's designed. Right. But when somebody sits at their kitchen table or their dining room table or has a, you know, a books bookshelf behind them and in there, you know, it just kind of doesn't look good. Right. I have a couple of clients that actually have staged it and it looks phenomenal. But of the hundreds and hundreds of Zoom meetings that I've had, I think maybe three. Right. actually look good and this would be one of them oh, so congratulations you. Eric you. it looks great unplanned unsolicited compliment I appreciate it no it looks great <laughs> it looks really good so I have a question the the as a you, you were talking about having empathy like a manager needs to have empathy and I know the, the question that I typically get is how do I know someone's actually working like I'm letting them work at home mm -hmm. what type of flexibility should you ask for because you know typically people would be working a nine-to-five and they'd be in the office and candidly People aren't working nine to five. They're 
they goof off at the office the same way they probably goof off at home. So how do you know when someone's plugged in that they're plugged in and you have the empathy you know, there to let them do that? Um, how, how, do you, how do you do that in that virtual world? Well, I think you have a relationship with your team member, your employee, your team member, and the foundation of the relationship is trust. Right. I have a, a colleague who's very, very senior, and she has said to her team members, you're all remote. You don't need to work nine to five. You work whenever you want. You want to take the dog for an hour-long walk in the middle of the day? Knock yourself out. Mm-hmm. Just get your work done. Right. So part of a big part of it is trust, mm-hmm. and a big part of it is frequent check-ins, mm-hmm. human connections. Right. Not what are you doing? What's with this project? It's more about how are you? Mm-hmm. What's happening in your day? What have you got on your plate? How can I support you? Mm-hmm. What are you working on that's, that's a roadblock for you? Oh, being really engaged as a human. And you do that, I think, in two ways. One is listening. Mm-hmm. Truly listening. Many of us are terrible listeners. I mean, that is just the truth. <laughs> Our minds are going. What do, I, what do I have to think about? What, what, when, what can, when, is she, when is she going to stop talking so I can ask her a question? Right. Or what am I going to have for lunch? Or, oh, I have to send that email out. Our brains are always working. Mm-hmm. The biggest, one of the biggest gifts you can give somebody is to truly listen to them. Right. Well, as a manager, you truly listen to your team member, and then you ask them short questions out of curiosity, not of place from, did you do this? Mm-hmm. But what are you working on? Very different, very different message mm-hmm. you're sending with those two questions. I hear it. I hear it. So I have a, a scenario that when you were talking and I wasn't thinking to talk when you were talking <laughs> to, make it, to make it clear, <laughs> but there was a, there, there's an expectation I think that people have as a manager, I'll talk from manager to employee, that's if, if it's not communicated effectively, things can go off the rails super fast. Mm-hmm. And so the, the scenario that someone presented with me is millennials, and I mean, I don't want to go by, by age, but let's say people new to the workforce, 28 and below, only because this person was 28. Um, they just, they don't have the same communication in terms of what they're doing, to your point, but then the managers don't necessarily communicate effectively down. So they had a person that was working remotely and the person kept popping up in different time zones and they could tell because it was different. It was like, you know, different shades of dark when mm-hmm. they were like, Hey, it's dark outside. Like, where are you right now? Oh, I'm in Hawaii. Hey, it's, it's a little brighter. Where are you? Oh, I'm in the UK. And they, I mean, this is during COVID, right? And they're kind of bouncing all over the earth thinking this remote job is fantastic. And it made, you know, the employer frustrated because they're thinking, I didn't, I mean, I give you the ability to, to work remote, but they obviously saw their, they correlated it with the, the work, be, you know, quality of work diminishing. So how do you have, how do you lay out clear expectations or when you see, you know, the remote work being abused, how do you, how do you kind of just have that conversation in a, in a polite way, but to, or maybe you need to say early on, like, this is what I expect, you know, where, where do you go with that to, if someone's listening, you're thinking, I need to establish something here. What do they need to establish so that it doesn't happen? Right. So, number one, you need that contract with that employee. 
you know, you're working remotely. These are the things that we expect from you. Mm-hmm. Number one, frequent check-ins mm-hmm. and, and not being afraid to call things out when you see something wrong. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, the, the goal is to do the work mm-hmm. above expectations, at or above expectations. Mm-hmm. That's minimally acceptable, right? At or above expectations. If you have an employee that's not working at or above expectations, then you have to address that immediately, right. not wait for the annual review. Right. If somebody worked for me and was bouncing all over the world and was doing great work, I wouldn't care. There are managers that would care. So being on the same page with your employee, I was just talking about this with a client yesterday who started a new job, is Mm -hmm. is starting a very, very cool new job. Two things that I think really are important. One is make sure you and your boss are on the exact same page about what your job is. Okay. That's number one. And then number two, be super clear with your boss about what they expect from you. Right. Right? What matters to them, what they expect from you. So being really clear, all this is about communication, Eric. And it's amazing how many people are lousy communicators. So you brought up something before we sat down and talked. You said, how, well, I'll ask you, how do you know or how do you make sure a message is received by the other party mm-hmm. in a virtual world? Because there's so many things going back and forth. There's you know, timelines, there's different projects. If you're a manager, there's different people with different timelines and different projects. It goes all over the mm-hmm. place. And how, do, how can they make sure that the messages and the communication is being heard mm-hmm. in that virtual world? Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's in a virtual world and it's in a non-virtual world. You send an email, what's the guarantee that somebody opened it and read it? Good question. Think about it. There's so much that we do where we don't really know that a connection is made. Well, virtually, I think the most important thing to do in terms of effective communication is to make sure you have engagement techniques. Right. Meaning, ask a question, wait for an answer, accept the fact that there's silence, mm-hmm. call people out in a way that's um, acceptable. We're going to start today's meeting, but before I start the meeting, I want to ask, everybody on this call, what do you want to learn today? I want to know what you want to learn. What do you want to get out of this meeting? We're going to start with Eric and then we're going to move down to Sue and maybe go over to Sam. And then Eric, what did you learn? In just a a couple of words, tell me what you want to learn today. Engaging, pulling that person in Mm -hmm. and then speaking to what matters to them. Right. How many times have you uh, been presented to where they don't even ask you a question? Let me let me tell you my story, and they go through twenty slides or they talk for twenty minutes. Are you engaged? Probably not. It's ninety-five percent, I think, of presentations that are out there are like that. It's not useful. Mm-hmm. So to engage, you have to be asking questions, giving. So- it's okay with silence. I love silence. It makes people lean in. Mm-hmm. What, what is she thinking? What is she going to say next? So I love that back and forth. Effective communication to me is an active sport. Right. Such as volleyball. You hit the ball, it either lands on the, on the sand 
or it comes back to you. That's Did you know I was a volleyball player? Did you I use it do know purpose? you're a volleyball player. <laughs> you got me all engaged all of a sudden. Like, hey, <laughs> wait a second. <laughs> not everyone knows that. But That's fun. Non, um, when you are when you're playing volleyball, Eric, mm-hmm. and you hit the ball, you know you hit the ball, and it lands. Is that effective? No, it's not an effective toss or whatever you call that. Just spike it. Yeah, you spike. That's <laughs> just, very. Just spike it. <laughs> it's very effective. <laughs> anyway, but that's it's got to be. It, you got to make that connection. Yeah. And then the ball has to come back, and then you make that connection. So you send it, you accept it, mm-hmm. and then you send it back. Right. So you you've kind of circled something that I think is missing a lot of times in the conversations we have, which is I say we, not you and me, but you know the collective we virtual conversations over the past year and a half, which is just human connection. Like it is possible to have connection in that virtual sense, you know, whether it's through engaging people in mm-hmm. an actual conversation, asking simple questions, mm-hmm. you know, having these meetings this way. I mean, take me through, like, how does human connection look in this virtual world? Mm-hmm. Outside of some of the things you've already talked about, maybe some, you know, you should do these things to really effectively generate that connectivity, which I think would generate better productivity absolutely and trust absolutely i ask people to get off zoom i mean to get to go on camera mm-hmm. i ask them to stay in gallery view so everybody can see everybody that's a good idea. i think that's a nice one mm-hmm. i like when people present and ask people to interrupt them when they're presenting and when they interrupt and when you have some slides up Go off, go off, share screen. Go back to the gallery view so you can talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard one presenter, I thought he was very, very skilled when he did this. Somebody asked a question and he said, can you come on camera so I can see your face? Which I thought was just a lovely way to engage. Mm-hmm. Um, a client I was talking with yesterday, a different one, she does a lot of presenting and I told her to start using the polls. The poll feature, I mean, where you ask a question and everybody responds, and you understand a little bit more about who's on the screen, what they care about. Right. Um, even using the chat feature is a good idea, or just simple hand raising, getting people to be present. Right. If you're doing a, um, a hand raise, you say, everybody raise your hand if you, you know, raise your hand if you want to do this. It forces people to zoom back in. Mm-hmm. You do a poll feature and say, I, I have 50% of people voted. Come on, guys. What are you doing out there? Give mm-hmm. me, I want to get to 80%, 90%, 95%. Yeah, we're at 95%. Right. Makes it more fun. It makes yeah. it more engaging. There's, uh, there's research that if you're presenting live in person, you should do an engagement technique once every 15, 20 minutes, something like that, 10, 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. In virtual, do you think it should be more or less? Oh, way more. Yeah. It's like every three minutes. Three minutes? Well, that would wear people out. No, no, no. I think that's awesome. I, it, it's it's interesting you brought it up. I mean, it's in my life before this, I was a technology trainer and a salesperson, and we would get up and do big meetings. And they told me it's like they, they would say, "Have a seven-minute meeting. Mm-hmm. Like, tell them what you're gonna, you know, great what you want to talk about. Talk about it for seven minutes, and then say any questions you have, feel free to interrupt me. And then when I'm done, I'm gonna start asking you questions because I want to know." What route you want to go? I don't want to. To your point of those ninety-five percent of presentations that are, you know, just me talking, no engagement. Like I want to engage, and I would find that people would retain a lot more. And I knew because I was a technology trainer, and these are people that didn't have computers when they started their jobs. Sure. So they needed they needed to have some type of I would almost call it like muscle memory, even though it wasn't muscle memory, mm-hmm. but just the repetition of. 
here's what Eric said, here's what I'm supposed to do. And I feel like you can do that in Zoom. And if it's every three minutes, to really get the point across in this new world, it's helpful because the same way these people didn't have computers and they become like computers are here to stay, we're at a point now where we didn't have virtual and now virtual is here to stay. So we need these tips and tricks to make ourselves the most effective possible, no matter what your vocation is. Absolutely, absolutely. And and Zoom is here to stay or whatever medium you're using, you know, Microsoft Teams or stuff like that. Right. And, and owning the fact that it's not going away and figuring out how can I be more authentic? Mm-hmm. How can I be more human? How can I be more myself? Even though I'm not, you know, I, am, I have the privilege of sitting across from you now, but if we were on Zoom, how can we connect with each other? People mm-hmm. miss that connection. They really do. It's interesting. Early in the pandemic, it was very, it, it almost felt forced to have someone come on the camera. Mm-hmm. People, people were like, I, I don't want to have to do that. And everybody, it's kind of a laissez-faire, like, okay, fine, then don't come on camera. Now, to your point, I think people almost crave it because they're sitting at home and they're like, I want to see people. Right. Like I want to know, and I love the idea of just making that like a standard, but not because it's like a punitive thing, right. because it's a connection thing. Exactly. Exactly. You know? It's a really good point. And it allows you to be your authentic self. Yes. Yes. It's a good deal. All right. Give me, give me, you help me wrap it up. Cause I know that you, there's, I don't want to miss anything. Cause this is a world that as you're talking, I'm learning. Mm-hmm. And I just want to make sure that if there's any danglers out there that you're thinking, you know what? I got one more thing I want to share that you shared because all this has been really good. Yeah. I, I think a lot about rubber bands. So if you think about the tension mm-hmm. when you, when you stretch a rubber band, okay, there's energy there, right? Right. If one person drops out of the communication, what happens to the tension? It's limp. It's limp. It mm-hmm. goes away. And I, I'd like for people to maybe think about that visual, if that's useful, that you want to have that connection. You right. want to keep that tension, whether you're on the phone with somebody, whether you're in person with somebody, or whether you're in virtual, because that's really when you're actively there. Right. There's energy. Again, mm-hmm. communication is an active sport mm-hmm. like volleyball. You won't sweat as much when you play volleyball, uh, when you communicate as when you play volleyball, but it is active. Right. It is not this passive thing that you should be off camera and multitasking because mm-hmm. then you're doing a disservice to your work. You're doing a disservice to whoever is, is speaking on the Zoom or on the phone. And it's just really not good all the way around right. in terms of efficiency and effectiveness. I love it. I love it that, that there's... If I take anything away from this, it's that there is human interaction and there's human connectivity that you can still have virtually and you can still be your authentic self. Absolutely. You know? And it doesn't have to be with a you know a roller coaster behind you on Zoom. <laughs> you, know, can, you can be your authentic self just how you are. Just turn your camera on, be who you are, and, and, and I, just, I love it. There's so many good little tips. I'm not going to repeat everything you said, um, but I think if people were to listen and take those tips, they could be extremely effective. In, in this virtual world. So thank you. Absolutely. Very Great helpful. To see you. Yeah, you too. Thank Appreciate you. it. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Thought in Action podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to follow the podcast and leave a review. For more information on what's going on in the world of wealth, make sure to follow Family Fortune Financial on your favorite social media platforms. I look forward to you joining again soon.